0: You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 60. Thomas Miller with you again. Thanks for joining us. This is going to be a phenomenal podcast. In fact, before I hit the record button, I set an intention for the podcast, and the intention basically goes along the lines of that if you listen to this and follow these five steps that I'm going to tell you today, that you will be able to transform any behavior or pattern in your life over a period of time. Now, we've talked about this these these uh, behavioral patterns that you have in your life they don't just change overnight. It took time to get programmed and it takes time to reprogram. And I, I'm working out at this amazing gym in downtown Dallas. Place is called Doug's Gym. It's been there for 52 years. I think he started the gym in 1962. There's no way that I could. Eloquate the energy that is in this place. Doug is a classic. The man is 84 years old and he hits the punching bag hard enough that if that were like me, he could put me on the ground. He lifts weights every day and he's just in amazing shape. So I've been working at Doug's gym. And one of the things that he said is that people will come into the gym and they won't stick with a program, they want things to happen so quickly. And you're not going to build your muscles in a three- or four-week period. And it's the same thing with your psychological and your emotional and your behavioral muscles. They don't change overnight. And the thing is, is will you stick with it? I mean, that's the deal. If you want a drive-through recipe, this is not it. But if you want five simple steps that can help you reprogram an area of your life that you would like to change, this is the recipe. Have you ever been skiing and gone uh, down a run that had very fresh powder snow where nobody else has been on that run? You were the very first one to go down. Picture the skis, picture the runs that you make with your skis as you go down this virgin powder snow. Then think about if you could come back up again and follow in your exact tracks where you came down the first time. The ruts would get deeper, wouldn't they? And then if you could go up and do the same thing, the ruts would get deeper. That's the kind of picture that we're talking about when these emotional patterns get ingrained in our life. They are deeply programmed, and it takes quite a bit of offsetting effort to change that programming. And just like Doug and his gym, a lot of people will come in and sign up, and they'll be all excited about doing the work for about six weeks. They make a little progress. They don't get exactly where they'd like to be, and they give up because other things get in the way. I, I have to tell you, and I, this is a moment of reflection for myself, that looking back when I was 47 years old, sitting there after the second divorce, and I was absolutely determined that I was going to figure out how I could change my life I didn't know where it was going to come from. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have a podcast like this to listen to that would give me the steps to work it out, had to figure it out. But I was absolutely determined I was going to do whatever it takes. And that's why I even really relish now that year that I uh, spent in an RV by myself because this is what I worked on. And even then, got it only so far and had to have a really tough coach to kick the rest of it out of me. Really, I should say most of the rest of it because there are still some things left and that's what triggered this podcast because for me, one of those deeply rooted programs got fired off recently. It caught me by surprise and my reaction caught me by surprise because really, honestly, I thought I was further along and this showed me hmm, a lot of work to do still. So this is for those deep areas, the areas that books won't do it, seminars don't help, church or the equivalent doesn't get to it. And it's frustrating because the pattern seems so deeply entrenched. It's like one one of those areas in your life that you just can't seem to get victory over. You can't seem to react or respond the way that you really want to. It's those areas that catch you. And then after it happens, you feel bad because you didn't respond the way that you would prefer. And probably followed by dot, dot, dot again. All right. So let me give you five steps. And I think if you will use these five, I've certainly put an intention to this podcast that you will get victory over those areas. So let's dig in and go through these. You might want to write these down. And also they are on subconsciousmindmastery.com under podcast number 60. The notes are in the field there. If you would like to go capture it, if you're driving or doing something where you don't have a capture tool, well, you can just go from there and kind of copy paste. Okay. Step number one, clarity. The first thing you have to do is get, get out your journal, get out your moleskin journal, and write as specifically as you can word it what the issue is. And just as an aside, you are journaling, aren't you? <laughs> I do hope that you care enough about your life, that you carry a capture tool around with you, and that you journal and you write down these important things in your life, if for no other reason. Do you remember the little game that sometimes people play on New Year's Eve, where they'll, if you're at a New Year's Eve party, I've had this happen in the past, and people would pass around uh, like a note card, and you would write on the note card what you want to have happen when those are reopened the next year. And it's amazing how many things will fulfill. You just you put the note card away. And you don't get it out until next New Year's Eve. And then you read on the note card. You haven't thought about it. It really hasn't been conscious. It's not something that you do affirmations or mantras about. And you're amazed that like 80% of the things have uh, unfolded and fulfilled. So that's why you should have a journal. It's to capture it and write it down. and And writing it down, just the process of writing, will bring a lot of things to fruition. It helps your subconscious mind capture those things that are important to you. So this step number one of writing out as best you can word it, what the issue is, getting clarity, it brings consciousness to it. Now, you're not going to focus on it so it won't magnify. You're not going to manifest this because you're writing it down. You are going to bring awareness to it, and then we're going to scramble it up and we're going to change it. Now, another point is to spend some time with this. Revise it if you need to. Work with it, mold it until you have a clear, concise statement of what the issue is, where it originated, where it first showed up in your life, what triggers it, and how you act or respond to the trigger. Personal example. I was criticized for most of the first 40 years of my life by by primarily two people. My mother, And then the person I married at age 23 who basically picked the mantle up from my mom and carried the torch quite well. So then for, geez, from 23 to, what, 40, uh, 17 years, I was criticized by two people. It was along the lines of never good enough, disappointed them. And you know that biggest disappointment part of my life story of uh, talk about subconscious programming. There it was big if you've listened to previous podcasts. Often, this would end up with them being upset, which, of course, would make me upset. And because none of us had the tools to handle the upset very well, uh, they just threw it at me and made me bad and wrong. And then I reacted to that and responded, often negatively. But then as time went on, I really developed um, two primary responses. One was to run, just get away from it, find a back door and get out. Or number two would be to aggressively fight back. And that's like using brute force against the person. Both both of those are terrible reactions. You remember the, uh, I think Tony Robbins came up with this, the, the example, the illustration of using taekwondo, which is an attack. You come at your opponent straight in versus using a keto, which is in a sweeping outside. You basically use your opponent's movement Against them. So as they come at you, you turn to the outside and you catch them from behind being a far better way to respond to people. Don't combat them face to face. Boom, ba boom. You sweep outside and you come around that way. It's much more effective. I have a really cool story I'm going to tell you about President Eisenhower that Doug told me in the gym the other day. That's coming up in uh, in just a few minutes. It's really cool. Another point of this as well. So step number one is to capture it with clarity. Step number two, we're going to add emotion. Capture emotion, really, and get clear on how this makes you feel. This negative programming comes with so much emotion attached to it kind of becoming a theme now that I'm getting into more and more is we have our conscious mind, we have our subconscious mind, and we have emotions. Emotions are really the driving force. We eat because of emotion. We don't eat because of emotion. We drink because of emotion. We work out or don't work out because of emotion. Emotion will program. I was thinking, I think in the last podcast, I talked about Greg Braden. I listened to an audiobook. I had a drive not long ago, when I listened to the audiobook about the lost mode of prayer, and it basically is praying with emotion that moves mountains. That's why when people say they tried affirmations and they don't work, it's because they're basically emotionless. They are done without emotion. It's just rote. It's conscious recitation, and that might do some good for reprogramming your conscious mind, but the driving force, the real power, obviously, is your subconscious mind. So what I do is then I write out in the journal, I write the emotions that are attached to that negative response. So when I get angry or when I leave or when I flee or when that situation presents itself, how do I feel inside? What gets triggered? What emotions come up? Also, when I'm writing these down in the journal, I will underline the emotion. Now, it might be in a very short sentence. You don't want to write out a sentence about this. It's just you feel hurt. You feel upset. You feel angry. You feel frustrated, whatever that is. I underline the emotion. If it's within a series of other words, then I just underline the emotion part, not the other words leading up to it. But I capture that emotion and I underline it in the journal, and that just really makes it stand out. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So, using the example, let's throw some down. Upset. Feel upset when this happens. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. I feel inferior. I feel like a failure. Now, see, there you might have some words like a failure, an underlying failure. I feel not good enough. Now, this is interesting because not good enough I don't underline. Why? Because it's not an emotion. It's how you feel, but not good enough is a scale of behavior, it's a scale of expectation. So not good enough by whose standards? I mean, there is no book on good enough. I mean, either you're defining it in your own mind or somebody else is defining it, or you're giving that power to somebody else to define it for yourself, kind of by their expectation or what you think it is. And probably it's not what you think they might think it is. Anyway, it's not an emotion. Neither is sick to my stomach, but that's how I feel also. So there's another one. I would put it down, but not underline it. Depressed, definitely an emotion. Fight or flight. So those are some examples that I might come up with if I were doing this exercise for this area. In fact, I am doing the exercise. I'm letting you peek into my journal a little bit. So exhaust the emotions and then leave some space below them because I promise you, as you work through the next couple of steps, then you're going to add to that list. You won't catch them all the first time through. Step number three, now clearly define a different response the next time this comes up. Now, we're setting intention, and remember, that's one of our big three things that we're talking about this year, intention, intuition, and lack of resistance. You are setting an intention here. You're saying that next time this comes up, as long as I'm in full emotional and conscious control, this is how I would respond. Plus, right now, it's just you and your journal. I mean, you can work this out of how you would like to respond. What kind of person would you like to be? How would you like to show up for the other people? What kind of an example would you like to make to your kids or your family or your friends or to the world? This is what you're stating the next time this trigger fires off. You are saying and committing that you will respond in this newly defined way. Now, let me give you a secret. If you only stopped here, you probably would not be successful. Why? Because we're still on the conscious level You're basically making an affirmation. And if it's a deeply rooted issue like this one is for me, it probably would not be enough. In fact, I dare say it wouldn't be enough to hold up when the situation presents itself. It might give you a little bit of pause, but it probably wouldn't keep you out of the emotions that you just wrote down on that negative list. So, for my example, I want to exude love for the other person. Love is the highest human emotion and energy level. So, I want to use the trigger to fire off a love response that has no make-wrong, no selfishness, no resentment, no revenge, just pure love. Dodson Level 600 Love, if you've listened to the audiobook Levels of Energy. If you haven't, there are links on subconsciousmindmastery.com or go to Audible and look it up. The book will change your life. So this would drive my new behavior. So in love, if I have offended, I would clean it up. In love, if the conversation is simply two different perspectives, then I could surrender mine and honor theirs. I told you that Doug had a great story about President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He said that after the presidency, Eisenhower went back to Kansas and was reminiscing with an old childhood friend that he kept up with all through the years, and they were talking about their their uh, early days together. And I presume by the question that the man didn't know this side of his friend's life, but he said, Ike, how did you do it? How did you go from our rural Kansas upbringing to becoming a five-star general and then ultimately president of the United States? How did you do it? What was the, What was behind that? And Eisenhower's response was that he simply swallowed his pride and kept quiet. And he said by staying quiet, nobody knew where he was. So he gained a lot more trust by the people around him, especially in the military, by just remaining quiet and swallowing his pride. There is a lot of depth and wisdom to that. All right, so we've done step number three. Now we're going to repeat the step that we did in number two. So it's really kind of 3A. Now you're going to add the emotions. So next time the trigger comes up and you respond in the positive way. How does that make you feel? So again, in the example, well, obviously you're going to feel love or loving. Uh, it would make me feel fulfilled. Certainly contributing. Now, here's an example where you want to leave space on those negative emotions because contributing came up for me of how I would feel if I were using this new behavior. And I didn't note anything on that in the previous list. So, I would go up to the previous list and put the opposite of contributing. So that would be something like separated or withholding. Withholding is not an emotion, but suppressed is an emotion. So I might add separated and suppressed. And I would put withholding down. I just wouldn't underline it. You want to go for the emotions. I would feel happy. I would feel connected. There's another one that came up that wasn't on the first list. So add disconnected. Uh, I would feel like sacrifice, like we're we're talking about, sacrifice in a positive way, sacrifice for the betterment of somebody else. So I put that down, but it's not an emotion, so I wouldn't underline it. All right, now you have your list. So you have the clarity of what the issue is. You have the emotions of how it makes you feel. You have your new list of how you would respond next time, given the choice, how you'd like to be in the world, how you'd like to be for yourself. So now let's start to reprogram the subconscious mind. It's always better if you do this truly in a meditative state. So buy one of the Kelly Howell Brain Sync uh, Alpha or Theta audios. If you don't already have one, use one that, d- that is not one of her guided meditations. Or if it is guided, make sure it has the music track simply by itself. You don't want other talking. You don't want subliminal. You don't want any of that going on. You just want pure Alpha or Theta music. Or some people just prefer no music at all. The next thing you do you remember podcast number 57, where Fred walked me through a guided meditation, you're going to neutralize the old emotion. Remember I told you you're not going to manifest this by writing it down and listing out these negative states because now what you're going to do is basically that same process. So you're going to magnify the negative. You're going to blow it up as large and as big as you possibly can Keep expanding it, keep expanding it, keep expanding it with the purpose that you're not afraid of it anymore. Now, let's be careful here because since we're talking about these deep, deep wounds, if yours is an especially deep scar, and and I'm really particularly talking about abuse here, you may need professional help with this depending on where you are with it. I think I think that one area is one of the most hurtful and damaging emotional areas there is. It is so prolific and prevalent in our culture, and if that is the issue that you're grappling with, you can you can use you can walk through this, but I would strongly urge you, <laughs> very strongly urge you to have professional help with this as well. So continue to magnify it till it becomes crazy silly that you really get yourself laughing, just like we did in 57. Another technique that works well with this is if you put people that are in your little act in costumes, like clown costumes, or make it a cartoon, blow them up and make them like uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy comes to mind, or a clown, or just make them cartoony, like Foghorn Leghorn, I use him a lot, or Daffy Duck. You know, it's like, just make them goofy. So after you've done that and you're satisfied that you have magnified it to the point where you, you're kind of laughing at it now, you get it, and you're not as afraid of it. You've, you've pictured it at its worst. Then you visualize what it would look like for you to emit whatever it is that you're working on, pure love for me here, totally from your being. So become totally absorbed with that feeling magnify it huge in your movie mind. Recall a time in your life when that emotion was at its highest peak and then magnify it even more. Feel the emotion of what that feels like. Let it be a waterfall that just flows over you and you just immerse yourself totally in that feeling. At this point, you should feel very, very good. I mean, you should be very warm. You should feel every emotion that you've listed out and highlighted on that page and just let yourself stay in that feeling for as long as you can because to shift this, you must change your emotion. All right, last step, anticipate the next situation. Now, I'm not saying create it. I'm just saying where would you be? What kind of intersections in your life would you possibly encounter this the next time? Where would you be? Is it something that comes up at work or at home? Is it something that happens on weekends or during the weekday? Is there a pattern to it so that at least you could jump yourself out in front of it a little bit? Write that down in your journal. You're creating preparedness here so that you'll be ready. And then go back into meditation and see yourself responding with love or whatever it is that you're working on, diffusing the situation, everybody's happy and loving. See the outcome with the people involved and visualize what it would look like for you to execute that positive thing that you are working on. Now, here's the clincher. Remember, I said this is no drive-through process. Repeat this for at least 30 days. Mark them off on a calendar, 30 straight days days if you really want to reprogram something. There's all kinds of science around 30 days. Some people say it even takes up to about 70 days. If you're in the habit of doing it for every day for 30 days, you might as well just continue it on and just really solidify this thing. But if you're really, really serious, then 30 days is a minimum. What you're doing here is you're reconstructing brain patterns. And this is what separates the people who are dabbling from the people who are dead serious. If you really want this, you'll do it for 30 days. And just a final reminder, be ready and alert. Because after you've worked through this process, (laughs) the universe will be very happy to present you with a situation to test this. I promise, look around the corner, it will be coming. So have your guard up and be ready. I hope that that brings some value and meaning to your life and that if you are struggling with something in particular, that this will give you the steps to freedom and literally reprogram that behavior. Thank you for listening today to Subconscious Mind Mastery. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey.